It's the football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Here's your host, AJ Nicoletti. What up? FFFSOSS.com. At FFFSOSS. Twitter, Instagram, Twitch.tv slash AJ Nicoletti. What's good? How's everybody doing? A pod ahead of maybe my, one of my favorite weekends of the year. It has really nothing to do with sports, but Memorial Day weekend, uh, the official, unofficial kickoff of summer. But again, I made this point, I think the last couple of years of, you know, when you're younger, you just think, oh, summer, we'll go down the shore, we'll go to the beach, go to the lake, wherever the hell you are, you're doing something, right? You, know, you play some golf and then you go, get a bar- you go have a barbecue or you're hosting something. Uh, just remember what it's about. That's all I'm asking you to do. Remember what, you know, Monday represents or the weekend represents uh, all those brave men and women that have made the ultimate sacrifice so that we can have uh, this way of life. So we can celebrate these holidays. So we can celebrate these brave men and women that have sacrificed so much. And of course, the veterans that are still with us. So uh, if you have one in your life, make sure you thank them. And um, I don't know, that's something important to me. So, you know. And, and, you know, you can be like, AJ, when you were little, you would make, or little, in high school and college, you would make Facebook says DTS for MDS. Yeah, because I was an idiot. <laughs> I'm still an idiot, but what do you want me to say? Um, but seriously, though, um, if you have a veteran in your life, make sure you thank them. Because we would not have uh, what we have going on. We'd probably be speaking German or Japanese if it wasn't for them in, you know, the 40s. So, anyway. Uh, if you haven't checked out that Netflix stuff, I think I talked about this a couple weeks ago, but the Netflix uh, World War II and color stuff is unbelievable. It's fantastic. So anyway, um, having more of the weekend to those celebrating summer. And again, you know, remember while you're drinking that Bud Latte or that High Noon or you're having a hot dog with some spicy brown nut yellow mustard uh, or a burger or whatever the hell you're doing. Just remember the vets. All right. Um... We will do a Premier League relegation battle kind of situation. We'll set you up for the relegation battle in the kickoff. That's what we'll do. We'll talk about that. It's three teams going for two spots with Southampton already going down. So we'll do that into a weekend soccer preview because it is the last weekend of the EPL. It's the last weekend of the Bundesliga, La Liga, uh, Syria, and League Un end in the first weekend of June there next week. So this is the final day for the EPL and the Bundesliga. But we'll have the three of the leagues finish up next week. And also we'll have an FA Cup to preview next week. So that's the weekend soccer preview. That's some NFL headlines with some new rules. um, And also some interesting moves with Austin Eckler getting a deal with the Chargers where he was like, I'm out. Trade me. I don't want to play anymore. So we'll do that. And some NFL headlines on the Stanley Cup playoff update, NBA playoffs update, and then a look at the PGA Tours stop at Colonial, the Charles Schwab, with a pretty good field. Pretty good field. So that is what we will do on the pod. Premier League relegation battle, weekend soccer preview, NFL headlines, Stanley Cup playoffs, NBA playoffs, and a little golf at the end of the pod. Kickoff, Premier League relegation battle. We have the title race sorted out. Top four, pretty much a done deal unless, man, you absolutely bottle it, which I don't really see them doing. So, title race, Man City, Arsenal bottles that we know. Top four, pretty much done. 
But we do have this relegation battle to sort out. Three teams for two spots. Southampton already going down. The matches that are in play for Sunday. Everton, Bournemouth, Leeds, Tottenham, Leicester City, West Ham. All three teams are at home. All three teams will have their crowds with them and supporters with them. Obviously, Everton is in the best spot. They win. That's it. You know, Leicester City need some help, as do Leeds. But Everton are in control of the situation that we will dive into. And to be fair, are Bournemouth really playing for anything? Not necessarily. Tottenham are kind of playing for a European spot. Even though it is Conference League, it is a European spot. And West Ham aren't really playing for anything either. So, a very interesting situation developing for Sunday in the relegation battle. So, let's start the permutations with Everton. Everton avoid relegation if, number one, they win versus Bournemouth. Number two, they draw versus Bournemouth. And Leicester City fail to win versus West Ham. And Leeds fail to win versus Tottenham. So, they can draw. The other teams just can't win. And they can even survive a loss to Bournemouth if both Leicester City and Leeds both lose. So if Everton lose, everybody's got to lose. Leicester City, avoid relegation if they win versus West Ham and Everton draw or lose versus Bournemouth. And Leeds can't beat Tottenham by 11 goals. Goal difference. So that's Leicester's only win. Leeds needs a lot of help. Leeds avoid relegation if they win versus Tottenham and Everton lose and Leicester City fail to get a result. So if they tie or, or win, they're probably through. Leeds also has to win versus Tottenham by three goals and Everton draw and Leicester City can't beat West Ham. And the third one is they got to beat Tottenham by 11 goals. <laughs> Everton can't win and Leicester do beat West Ham because they would get through on goal difference. So Leeds... Need a lot to happen. Everton has the simplest path. We know two teams are going down. Three teams for two spots. It's unfortunate that only one will survive from Everton, Leeds, and Leicester City. I think the Prem is better with Leeds in it. I obviously think the Prem is better with Everton in it just because you get that Merced Derby and Goodison is a, is a great uh, football ground. I know they're moving from it soon, but it still is a great football ground. And... Leicester City are the miracle champions. I mean, that's a season that you just don't necessarily get in sports, um, that Leicester City championship. So I hate to see any of those three go down, to be fair. You know what I mean? Like, I, Everton, as much as I don't like Everton, they're still good to have in the league. Leeds are a great, great club. And again, Leicester City... You need those miracle champions to be in the league. <laughs> Otherwise, them being in the championship does nothing for you. So, I don't know. It's it's tough to call this one. Everton obviously have the easiest path. And Goodison really helped them. And even the away fans, to be fair, when they would go away from home at the end of the season last year. When they were doing this relegation battle. You saw the support even when Everton were not playing well and not getting results. The fans are still like, come on, we we need you to get results. Like, what do you need us to do? And they would be positive. So the Everton fans, like, Bournemouth aren't really playing for anything but to send Everton down. So you got to figure, is that enough 
motivation for a Dom Solanke or a Billing or um, whoever the Cherries kind of trot out there on this 38th match day and last match of the season because they've had a very nice season, a season that they should be very proud of. And, I mean, if they send Everett's at home, does that make the TV team? <laughs> Tottenham and Leeds at Ellen Road. Tottenham have stumbled into the end of the season. Uh, Antonio Conte had enough. He called out the players. He called out the board. He called out everybody. And they were like, you can't be here anymore. His Stellani is there. They sack him as well. They give the caretaker Ryan Mason. And he's like, well, we went to Liverpool and had a chance. And yeah, dude, you had a big chance there. Um, they're still playing for something. Leeds is obviously playing for something bigger. I, I really don't know where conference league football sits on a Tottenham or an Arsenal or a Chelsea, um, you know, Liverpool, man. You, like, I don't know where that sits on their things of like their list of things to compete in. But for a Brighton, you know, for Newcastle, obviously, who got top four this year, which is a little different, but it's big. West Ham is having a good European campaign. They're in a final, if I'm not mistaken. So, in a conference league. It's just very, it's very interesting. Leeds is going to have the fighting for their lives aspect at Ellen Road, where Tottenham are, I think they're just trying to end this season. I don't really care. I don't think they care about finishing for a European spot because, a few weeks ago, they had a shot, an outside shot at top four still. And all they've done is stumble into the finish line. So, I mean, the worst thing is if you win in Leeds and Everton win anyway, and you're like, oh, well, see ya. And Leicester City, who, I don't know, they, they've been really lost. A lot of managers, um, they've held on to Thielmans and Madison a little longer than maybe they should have. Uh, mainly because at some point, if you're a mid-table squad in England or a a squad like a West Ham or a Southampton for the longest time, how many times did Southampton sell their best player to Liverpool? You know, a Lalana, a Mane, a v Virgil van Dijk. Like, if you're one of those clubs, like that's how you reinvest. That's how you get new players. Like You develop a player, they go to a top-six club, and you reinvest that money and turn that money to three or four players, right? Or, or one really, really good replacement or two really, really good pro Whatever it is. Leicester City have held on to Thielmans. They've held on to Vardy, obviously. They held on to Madison. And I'm not going to throw Harvey Barnes in there because he's still a young player. I think he's a guy that you got to keep, especially if you're like, in the championship next year. Like You need him to bring you back up because uh, he is a Premier League player, but does he command like leaving there? We'll see. But... West Ham, another club, not necessarily playing for anything. They've gotten out of the relegation fight, and they do have a European final to look forward to. So what kind of team does David Moyes make on this last day of the season away from home in a game that, for them, doesn't matter? The thing they can, they can do is just end Leicester's Premier League uh, campaign for the time being. So I, I think it's very three very interesting games. You got to... You got to kind of watch the first 15 minutes to say, okay, are Bournemouth and West Ham playing? Or are they partly 
their minds on the pitch and part of their mind is making sure they got their passports and their bags packed and getting ready to have that holiday, you know, in the summertime. So I don't know. I, I think how this goes is how Bournemouth and West Ham are really attacking the situation um, as the team that has really nothing to lose and nothing to necessarily gain um, from what they're doing. You know, Everton with Goodison backing them, it's going to be a big crowd. It's going to be a special day if they stay up again and fight off this relegation battle because they are close to getting American investors, apparently, that are going to bring in money and spend. Leeds, it sucks that Tyler Adams went down for them. I think them firing Jesse Marsh is going to be one of the bigger mistakes of the season. Um, Crystal Palace, I thought, made a big mistake firing Vieira, but they've gotten away with it, bringing in Hodgson and saving them from the relegation fight. But I don't think they gave Vieira a fair shake, but that's another story for another day. I think I'm going to really defend Vieira going forward the rest of time uh, when anyone brings that up because I don't think he got a fair shake there. But Leeds firing Jesse Marsh, I think it was very, very silly. I think Everton had to fire Frank. He, he just wasn't getting any results. And Leicester City hasn't been in a great spot either, necessarily, with the managers they've brought in. But I, I just have um, I have Everton getting a result, and that means the other teams are going down. Uh, because if they draw, they should be theoretically fine. Like, yes, could they get in trouble with the draw if some miraculous things happen? Yes. You know, with the goal difference stuff, for sure. They could get nabbed. So that's why I think they're going to go for the win. And um, that's going to be an exciting game. Them against Bournemouth. Especially if Bournemouth come, come out and play. So uh, we'll preview those in a quick second after we just do a midweek soccer recap. But uh, it's going to be exciting. There, it, it sucks that the relegation fight is the only thing in the Prem. But... You know, coming back to what last couple, couple seasons, it's been Liverpool, Man City, the final day, where, I mean, that was that was, unfortunately, thrilling for a negative way when who was it? Villa went up two 0 on City, and then Liverpool get the goal for, through Salah. Um, he thought he won the title. Unfortunately, he did not because Man City scored three goals. Not only did they not get a point from that game Villa or not get three points they didn't get a point and if they draw Liverpool win the title unfortunately didn't happen that way all right anyway uh midweek soccer recap Brighton Man City 1-1 at finish Foden nice goal after Holland left it for him and CISO maybe a goal of the season candidate just snuck in there what a bomb it was to beat Ortega who's in for deputizing Ederson Holland had the ball in the net uh to make it 2-1 pretty late in the match but VAR instructed the referee to come over. He rules a foul. I think it was the right call. He kind of pulls the guy out of there. And, yeah, does the defender make the most of it? Sure, but you can't, like, pull a guy by his jersey out of the way and then get the header and, and not expect that to be a foul. So, with the draw, Brighton do clinch a Europa spot. So, that's gigantic. They're going to lose some players, but you've really seen – I'm not going to say Deserby's phased out Caicedo or McAllister – the two guys that are most likely on the move for sure. But he's played a lot of other players in those roles and given other guys time. So 1-1 to finish. Brighton clinch Europa. La Liga midweek here. Real Valladolid 
Valladolid and Barcelona. Valladolid went a 3-1. Rafinha got subbed off. He had a very nice message for Vinicius. Uh, Real Madrid played Rayo Vincano. And Madrid went a 2-1. Benzema and Rodrigo score. Very nice moment uh, before the match with everybody wearing 28 kits for Vinicius. He did not play in the match. He did not dress in the squad after suffering racism over the weekend. Espanyol and Atletico. This one finished 3-3. Atletico blew a 3-0 lead. Salt, Griezmann, and Carrasco put uh, Diego Simeone's squad up the three goals, and they collapsed in the second half. So, not very good. All right, we get soccer preview here. Man U and Chelsea, the last game at hand before Championship Sunday. Man U clinch Champions League with any result. A win or a draw will be enough to put them above the points that Liverpool can get for the uh, end of the season on Sunday. Chelsea, again, maybe one of their worst seasons in a long time. The turnover from the squad, the new manager kind of demanding things of Teichel, Teichel being like, I'm out of here, this is ridiculous. Then bringing in Graham Potter to try to solve the problem. And though Graham Potter's an American manager, it didn't work out. And Chelsea just could not score goals. It wasn't like they were conceding a ton necessarily, but they were conceding enough to lose. So two games left. They've canceled their um, awards, end of the year awards dinner, where they celebrate, I think, the, the youth teams and the ladies teams and then the men's team. Like, pretty sure they canceled that. That came out as a report, which I understand. I do understand that. You know, you don't really want to celebrate a really bad season. I get that. But here's a chance against one of their big rivals. Can you get three points at Old Trafford? Man, you have been very good at home. They've been really a decent, uh, not a decent, a different team at home than away. Away, they've had some really, really poor results. Um, you know, early in the season especially, but... Uh, 7-0 at Anfield will always be remembered, that's for sure. But Manu should have enough here. Rashford back. Is he necessarily back in the form that he was before the injury? No, he was scoring almost a goal a game, but he still helps you out. And um, listen, if Manu only needing a point loses to Chelsea, who have absolutely stunk this entire season, then they don't deserve to go to Champions League. Then it deserves to go to the final day. And then... See what happens. So, Man U Chelsea on Thursday. Then we get to Championship Sunday. We have that relegation battle that we touched on in the uh, top of the show. Everton, Bournemouth, Leeds, Tottenham, Leicester City, West Ham. Everton, Bournemouth, are gonna, it's going to be a really interesting game because I'm very curious to see how Bournemouth comes out because, again, if Everton win, done deal. You know, nobody else can get to 35 points. So, they win, it's over. I think they will go for the win. Because if you sit around and play for a draw, that's when a team could win and then you could go down, right? There's not really a situation where you draw and somebody else wins and you stay up. So I think Everton will go for the win and try to kill it off. Now, what does Bournemouth do? Does Bournemouth sit back and just play? Okay, we'll play the counter. We'll, we'll, we'll treat it like a different type of game. Leeds have to go for it. Leicester City have to go for it. Tottenham are somewhat playing for something. West Ham are not playing for really anything. So 
I think the relegation sides will get results, but if Everton win, nothing really else matters. The quote-unquote top four, Chelsea and Newcastle. Uh, Newcastle's already been decided. They're going to Champions League. So Stanford Bridge is a site for Chelsea-Newcastle. Game doesn't really matter. Man U home to Fulham. If Man U get the result against Chelsea, this game is meaningless. If they lose against Chelsea, this game means everything. Um, Fulham, I think, will be up to spoil, especially Mitrovic. I think the fact that he's the captain, he's a big troll. I think he would be up for let's let's spoil Man U's season. They think they've had a really good season. Let's ruin it for him at the last minute, kind of a thing. I could see that happening, um, but it would mean nothing if Man U get the result Thursday. So this game is. Really, really, really obviously dependent on what happens Thursday. If Man U get a result, a win or a draw against Chelsea, this game is meaningless. If they lose against Chelsea, this game means so much. Because Liverpool are going to Southampton. Southampton's already going down. Um, yeah, the game is at St. Mary's, so it's the last game there in the Prem, probably for a while, knowing Southampton. They got it wrong with bringing in guys and recruitment and selling so. Liverpool goes to Southampton. It could mean a lot. It could mean absolutely nothing. So it's tough to kind of preview that game. Um, not really knowing the circumstances, but here we are. And the other meaningless games necessarily. Brentford hosts Man City, the champions. Arsenal are at home taking on Wolves. Villa hosts Brighton and Crystal Palace host Nottingham Forest. La Liga is the second to last match day. Sevilla, Real Madrid. Atletico, Real Sociedad, and the champions Barcelona, Mallorca. In Italy, Inter Milan won the Coppa Italia with a Latoro Martinez brace after going down a goal to Florentina. They get the two goals from Latoro Martinez, and he pulls them through to a Copa. That um, Hanovich was the goalie, I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah, he was the captain, so he got to lift the, the uh, cup, which was nice because Onana is now basically at number one. Serie A, second to last match day. Let's just bring up the table here to uh, provide some context to what's happening um, with these matches. We have Florentina-Roma. Roma is in sixth. Florentina, where are they? They're in 11th, so that's not a big deal. But Roma is fighting for possible uh, Champions League if they win out. They uh, put pressure on the teams ahead of them. So they need to win out. Inter plays Atalanta. Inter is in third right now. Atalanta is in fifth. Uh, Atalanta could get into a Champions League spot if they win and AC Milan do not get a result. Inter in third. Can they clinch? I think they can clinch a spot with a win. Yes, I believe they can clinch a spot with a win in Champions League. So that's a big, big match. Bologna take on the Champions Napoli. They don't care about anything. They're chilling. Lazio, Cremonese, Lazio, I believe, with a result would clinch Champions League. And then Juventus and AC Milan. And Juventus, unfortunately, got docked those uh, points. They had a bunch of wins, and they do not have the points from them. Sucks to suck, but that is the deal with Juventus. And AC Milan, with a win, gives them another big uh, leg up in the race for Champions League. So that's the situation in Serie A. Bundesliga. Last day of the season. Dortmund play Mainz. 
and Bayern Munich are in Cologne. The situation here, Dortmund win. They win the league. They draw, and Bayern win. They do not win the league on goal difference. So, another situation where you win, you control your destiny, that's it. If you lose, you probably lose the title. If you draw, you probably lose the title. Because where's Cologne in the table? Cologne is 10th. All right, so not terrible, um, but not great. 10 wins, 12 draws, 11 losses. Pretty much run of the mill. <laughs> Pretty much, hey. Not really a coin flip because you can't flip a coin for three sides, but you know what I mean. Um, so that's the situation in the Bundesliga. Dortmund win. They win the title. Bayern win. They need a Dortmund draw. If Dortmund win, it's it. If Bayern win. They need a Dortmund draw to win the title. Ligue 1 second last match day, Strasbourg, PSG. PSG, apparently, we know Messi's probably out. Either Saudi Arabia, Barcelona, maybe MLS, probably not MLS. Um, they want a new manager already. Like <laughs> PSG never really learns. They never learn. They truly never learn. It's, it's ridiculous. All right, NFL headlines here. Rap Sheet uh, tweets, the NFL has passed a new rule insinuating all fair catches and touchbacks come out to the 25-yard line on kickoff. So that is basically the college rule. Um, it limits special teams plays. I understand the kickoff has been a dangerous play, but you also have to factor in you got a lot of guys that make teams because all they do is special teams. You know, the, the fifth and sixth linebackers, the – Seventh corner, the sixth wide receiver, you know, like these guys play special teams and I don't know how many teams are going to keep these kind of guys around if you can just get a starter or not necessarily a starter, but a backup who, hey man, we got a good kicker. He's going to kick the ball in the end zone every time. Like you're not going to get touched. All you're going to do is get like a free sprint and then they're going to pull the whistle. So going to be interesting to see. What they do with these kind of roster constructions, um, because we're kind of losing a play here in the kickoff. And I understand it's a dangerous play. And you could be like, AJ, you talk about player safety all the time. Here's the league trying to do something about player safety and you're knocking them. No, that I'm not necessarily knocking them. But what I'm saying is they have to do something um, to kind of compensate the special teamers that are just special teamers. Um so I don't know. I, I think it's I think it helps the game be safer for sure. Absolutely. It defers some more guys from taking kickoffs out of the end zone or even returning them in general because you can just fair catch them, right? If you're like at your own like six yard line, you don't wanna run it out. Or it's a low one and you guys aren't set up to block it. I don't know. But it is a it's a rule change that I think we're we're going to see this play get affected more and more and more, I think. I really do think that. Um, so that's the deal with another rule change. I'm sure we'll have some more rule changes coming up as the voting gets leaked and all this nonsense, right? Uh, Austin Eckler, who wanted a trade, was like, I'm not coming to camp. You got to trade me. I'm done with this nonsense. Get rid of me. This is over. No, nope, he got a... 
little uh, contract boost with some incentives, close to two million. So he was scheduled to earn six point two five in his fourth and final season of a twenty four point five extension. This is courtesy of ESPN here, but he's getting a little boost on that with some uh, incentives. So there you go. So he got not necessarily a new contract, but he did get bumped up for sure. Lamar Jackson has reported to OTAs in the Ravens um, offseason programming training there. So he missed the first day, if I'm not mistaken, but he's there. He loves Todd Mockin's offense. And Mock is like, hey, we're giving the keys to the car. If he doesn't like the defense, he can change the play. If he sees a blitzing linebacker, he can change the play. Like So it's going to be a lot of more responsibility from Lamar with this contract. So let's see how... Um, you know, defenses are going to handle that, how he's going to handle defenses changing at the last second. Because if you remember, like the change in play stuff, like early Peyton Manning, not early necessarily Peyton Manning days, but Peyton Manning, when he was like changing the play and doing all the hand signals and stuff at the line of scrimmage, like a lot of teams figured out, Hey, if we just change with like seven seconds left on the play clock, he won't have time to change the play. And we got a, an advantage then that we can be in a base, give him one look, and we know what we're going to go to, and he doesn't kind of a thing. So that hurt, not necessarily hurt Manny, but it was a good strategy for a long time until he kind of just stopped running the play clock so long you know he would make a change and then snap the ball before the defense could kind of change so he had to change again so I'm curious to see how that kind of process goes with Lamar he hasn't had the most necessary freedom to flip plays and change plays at the line of scrimmage so we'll see what happens in this season D'Amico Ryan says that the Texans aren't handing the starting quarterback job to CJ Stroud Davis Mills is basically saying, hey, I'm here to compete and win a job. And if Stroud wins it, he wins it. But I'm here to compete. And I don't mind that from a guy like Davis Mills. What's he supposed to say? Yeah, I'm going to lean over. I'm going to lay down for this number two overall pick. You know, it's his job. But we all know what the hell is happening in Houston, right? Uh, Kyle, Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan says that Brock Purdy is going to start throwing next week, recovering from that um, was it UCL, right, in his elbow. So, and it's going to be interesting what happens with the Niners. You know, they bring in Darnold. Is he there for the first month to just kind of steady the ship as they get Brock Purdy back? What's the what's what's the deal with Trey Lance? <laughs> what's the deal? Um, but Purdy's going to start throwing soon. Von Miller says he's going to be back by week six, the latest for the Bills. So, Von with his um tour of the golf world with Josh Allen there, the golf boys. They will be, uh, Vaughn says they'll be back by week six. Broncos cut McManus, a longtime kicker, and the last remaining player from their Super Bowl team, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Dallas Cowboys? And I understand you'd be like, well, somebody was tired of him. That's why they cut him. He wasn't making kicks for them. Okay. Brett Maher missed four extra points in a playoff game. Thank God it didn't cost the Cowboys. But I'm just telling you, like, I don't think McManus misses a ton of extra points, okay? Adrian Peterson says mentally he hasn't officially hung it up yet. Adrian, 
Hang it up, baby. No offense to you. You've had a great career. An all-time player. You can't mention the running back position without mentioning you. That is high acclaim. You know, Emmett Smith, Walter Payton, Sayers, Barry Sanders. Like, you got to mention Adrian Peterson in these conversations, okay? Oh, my God, Curtis Martin I got to throw in there. I love Curtis Martin. But hang it up, baby. Hang it up. Be done with it. Be done with it. All right, so the playoff update here. In the Eastern Conference, Florida and Carolina. Panthers go up uh, 3-0 after winning game three at home after they took the first two games of Carolina. And as I'm recording this, they took a one nothing lead like a minute into the game four. So Carolina already on the ropes here in uh, game four where they're fighting for their lives. Out west, the Knights win game three in Dallas, put the Stars on the brink of elimination on their own ice. Dallas will have to reverse sweep to go to another cup final or Vegas is going back to the cup final, which is for an expansion team. Absolutely ridiculous that they would get into the two cup finals already. That'd be insane. In the NBA, Miami and Boston in the East Celtics win game four. They force a game five back in Boston and already that game five is being conceded and we're already back in Miami for a game six. Theoretically, that has turned into a game seven for the Miami Heat in a game six at home. <laughs> If you followed that logic, basically what everyone's saying is that if the Celtics win game five at home, they make Miami get on a plane back to Miami that they did not think they were even be on necessarily because they didn't think they were going back to Boston. Right. And then if they ever lose that game in Miami, a game seven in Boston, that building would be insane. So you could argue and a lot of people are. Game five is a must win for the Miami Heat because you don't want to have that pressure on you in a game six. And you certainly don't want to go back to Boston for a game seven. That's for sure. That's for damn sure. Now the West, Lakers-Nuggets. Nuggets win a tight game four. They sweep the Lakers. But unfortunately, after the game, LeBron made it about him. Shocking, right? Known liar. Um, he says he doesn't know if he's going to play next season. So instead of the headlines, you know, the rest of the week here being about the Nuggets sweeping the Lakers, Jokic and Murray getting to a finals, Murray was hurt. He thought he, the team was going to trade him. A lot of people have knocked Jokic for a long time. Feeling he's not good enough to carry a team. Or he's not good enough to be the guy on a big team. Yeah, he's a nice player, but he's not the player for them, right? Well, here they are sweeping the Lakers, sweeping LeBron's Lakers and Anthony Davis's Lakers and the Lakers that made all these big moves. And, you know, yeah, they got in on, on the playing game, but here they were upsetting teams and they beat the Warriors. They beat those Grizzlies. Like, here come the Lakers in the conference finals. LeBron's going to another final. Here we go, LeBron. Like, and what a jerk. He's just the biggest jerk. Like, I understand people, be, be, people can be a fan of him. The way he plays the game, he's an excellent player. He's an all-time player. He's an all-time great. Uh, his passing skills are outstanding. He's a great scorer. He's an all-time leading scorer. We know that. Is he a great jump shooter? Not necessarily, but he is a uh, guy who changed the way the game has played because you're, he drove it so strong to the hoop that people couldn't do that, so now they, everybody has to shoot kind of a thing, right? Since Seth, and that's where Steph came in, right? So I, I do 
admire LeBron in the sense of he's an all-time great. But at the same time, he is an all-time worst person. Like, I'm sorry. He'd be like, AJ, really? You're going to throw him up there? Yes, I am. He's insufferable. And check off another box the other night. Because instead of talking about the Nuggets, everybody's talking about LeBron being vague about him playing next season. Who the hell cares? Everyone knows he's trying to play with his son. He said it a million times. Why is everyone taking the bait on this? Why is everyone like, oh, he's going to retire? No, he's not. He's already... He's, and I, and you'd be like, AJ, you just call them a liar. I understand that. I have called him a liar. And he is a liar. But I do believe that he said a million times that he will play with his son. Now, you could also say, AJ, he said a million times he's read The Godfather. AJ, he said a million times he wasn't going to do this, that, or this. And he did this, that, and this. Hey, I'm just telling you, I don't think he's going to retire until he plays with his son. That's what he's planning on doing. So, the fact that everybody's talking about that and not talking about the Nuggets, that sucks. That sucks and that's wrong. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. So, it's just bad. It's bad. And, and all LeBron fans, enough. He's a great player. He's not the greatest of all time. He can't be. You can't lose that much in the final stage and be the greatest. I'm sorry. Adrian, you think Brady's better than Montana? Because Brady's won more than he's lost. It's a difference. LeBron's lost more than he's won. There you go. So I, I just, I think it's a joke that he made it about him. Because um, no one was like, Hey, you know, this season, it could be it for LeBron. Everyone's been like, well, he's got to figure out what team Bronny's going to go to, and he's going to go there. End of story. That's just been it, right? Well, I, I, got a doll, I got a lot of thinking to do. Thinking about what, LeBron? Oh, thinking about playing next year. Okay, dude. You are insufferable. Insufferable. And all these fa these fans that just eat up his every word. Please. And then he's like, a lot of people think I'm lying about that. Talking about Melo retiring and he was at a first playoff game. A lot of people think I was lying about that. Yeah, because you're a pathological liar. So, like, what liars do is they lie more. And then when you're like, hey, you're a liar, they're like, yeah, but I wouldn't lie about this. <laughs> That's what he does. And all these people are like, yeah, LeBron's right. Like, oh, my God. Insufferable. And honestly... Please retire. Please. Please. I'm begging you. Retire. Right off into the sunset. Please. Like, that. the crazy thing is, you would think, AJ, wouldn't you be excited about him talking about retiring because he's going to walk with me? I know he's full of nonsense. He's full of it. I almost cussed. I almost cussed. He's full of it, okay? He's full of it. He's a liar. He's a proven liar. And I'm done with it. Please retire. He's not going to. He did this to take away the narrative from the Nuggets and him getting swept in the Western Conference Finals. Okay? That sh LeBron swept. LeBron swept by Nuggets. LeBron out. No. Instead, it's LeBron might shut it down. Hey, LeBron might retire, guys. Good. Please do. Please do. Honestly. Say goodbye. We don't get we don't have to do a, 
uh, retirement tour. We don't. Please walk away. Honestly, I dare you do. I dare you. Go ahead, Bronny. Walk away from basketball. There's no chance. And all these people are falling for it. All right, golf before I get upset more. Uh, Charles Schwab, Chuck Schwab at Colonial. Great track, great course. Uh, pretty strong tournament. Good field. Scotty Scheffler, Jordan Spieth, Colin, Morikawa, Victor Hovland, Tony Finau, Sung J.M., Fleetwood, Max Homa, Justin Rose, Ricky Fowler, Billy Horschel, Joe Damon, Kevin Kisner, Cam Young. Big, big field down there in the Colonial in Texas. Um, outstanding stuff. So check some of that out on this uh, MDW if you're looking for something to watch. If you got a little barbecue going on, you put something on the TV for people to watch when they come inside to wash their hands or go to the bathroom, whatever. So, all right. Uh, again, you know, I said at the top of the show to make it a serious point again, I'm sorry. You're going to be like, hey, Jay, here you go with the serious stuff. Um, if you have veterans in your life, thank them. Thank them. Um, because this country would not be the same without them. That's for sure. That's for damn sure. So everybody having a happy Memorial Day weekend. Enjoy it. If there are veterans in your life, make sure you're thanking them. No drinking, no driving. Stay safe out there. The Listen, my people down the shore know. Um, maybe I'll be at the columns. I don't know. If you want to get a picture, okay. <laughs> people are going to be like, you're such a jerk off. <laughs> I'm kidding. That wasn't serious. But if you are, that'd be pretty sweet. <laughs> anyway. All right. Um. So enjoy the extended weekend. Thank the vets out there. Championship Sunday in the EPL. We'll recap it all. Who's going down in the relegation battle? We'll talk about it on next Tuesday. Until then, peace. Enjoy the weekend. Later. Bye. Peace. Sometimes other sports show. That's the name of it? Guys, check out his podcast. That sounds like my kind of podcast. Football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Sounds like me.